friends. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking Killing Me. Me. Oh, Is it killing you today, Corinne? Yes and no. Tell me your reasons. Um, I feel very fulfilled with all the things that Gal Pals is doing right now. Yeah. Man. I feel really great that we have season two rolling. But in my other areas of teaching, not so much sometimes. Right. Which we'll get into later. Yes. But. Um, we have some really excited guests this week. We do. We have the guys from Local Laundry. Yay, Connor and Dustin. Yeah. They reached out to us via Instagram. And we're like, we like what you're doing. We think it's really cool. We think we could collaborate in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And so we did. Um, so Local Laundry, for those of you that don't know, is a t-shirt making company um, that focuses a lot on giving back to their community. They're based out of Calgary, which holds a very special place in me and Corinne's heart, as you mm-hmm. might know. Um, and 10% of all their profits go back to charities that um, the customers help choose. Yeah. And they'll talk a little bit about that in this. They talk about that, and they also really talk about how they want to be 100% Canadian-made. Canadian-made, which is actually very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about the difference between being produced in Canada and being made in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I didn't know about before we interviewed them, mm-hmm. and I found the research on that extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe you'll learn a little bit something today. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that this is very different than any of the other episodes. We've oh seen. yeah, we're totally aware of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they have a very great story. They're very like happy-go-lucky Calgary mm-hmm. guys. Like if you can, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which they were like very fun to be around and they were very nice. They were very kind. It's always nice being around prairie folk. Yeah. Everybody's a little bit more relaxed. Yes. (laughs) Um, And they talk about a lot. They do like tell how they struggled and like things that they always have to work on. But more so from like a business, entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. business owners standpoint. And they talk about things that are really important to them, which are also like things that are important to us. Right. And something that really drew us to them was their... Um, what they when they give back to their community and mm-hmm. their focus on collaboration and as many of you know that's a huge focus in Gal Pals product Gal Pal Productions yeah. that me and Karirin talk about amongst ourselves and to you guys about. Um, so really, we yeah. really connected on a on a really great level there with those guys. Yeah, um, and they talk to us and with everybody else that I'm sure that they work with that they want to help build community in any way that they can. Right. So that doesn't mean monetarily most of the time. It's like, hey, can I share your Instagram? Hey, can I do can right. we do some cross-promoting? Hey, maybe I know a person that knows a person that can help you with this project. Mm-hmm. Make those connections, make those introductions, um, which sometimes have more value than money. Yeah. Really, because like networking and creating community and people that you can work with over and over again is really important. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out real quick that this entire episode was recorded in August when there was a air show going on. So you're going to hear the planes. Did my best, but you know, you're still going to hear them. So without further ado, let's get going. Here are the boys. Great. I'm Dustin Paisley. I'm the co-owner of Local Laundry. I joined on board about three years ago, and I take care of the finance, the monies, the operations, <laughs> and product side of the business. The big boy stuff. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I keep the rail on the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name's 
Connor Curran. I am the co-owner of Local Laundry. I'm the chief laundry folder. And um, <laughs> yeah, I started the company and helped, helped grow it. Great. Perfect. Local Laundry is a community-based clothing company that aims to build community in everything that we do through representing where you come from, donating back to your to local charities that your customers help choose, sharing stories from the community, collaborating with others that want to have positive impact on the community, and by supporting Canadian manufacturing and a diverse Canadian economy. <laughs> vote with your dollars. Vote with your hearts and vote with your wallets, absolutely. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? So we met with... Uh, we got set up by a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working for a promotion company at the time, and I went to university uh, with, his name was Anil, mm-hmm. and Connor had just started Local Laundry probably six months prior. Oh. So when he had met with Anil, he was just kind of telling about the company, telling him about how they were running it and what sort of challenges he had and what he was hoping to, to move to. So uh, our friend thought it'd be a good idea to, for us to sit down together and see if you know, the company that I was working for was able to do what Connor was looking for, which uh, was not the case. Mm. Um, Connor was looking for the impossible, which didn't exist in Canada. He had a pretty unique solution in the U.S. Uh, but when I met with him, um, I really, really liked what he was doing. I liked the concept. I liked the design. I liked uh, what he was going after. And it was all, he had, uh, the 10% was... Uh, right from the get-go, 10% going back to community. Mm-hmm. So I uh, was really interested. I wanted to jump on board, and so we started a bit of a partnership. Told him that I could make his hats locally, and we could kind of take on that production. So made them, ship them out, and that was kind of our first trial at producing something locally because mm-hmm. everything else was done through a fulfillment center out of L.A. But the name Local Laundry was from the beginning, right? Yes, yeah, yeah cool. from day one. So when I came on board, we, we dated before we... Married. We so we had a, a three-month dating trial where we, we just did the hats together. Connor took care of everything else, and um, I guess I, I did well. And so Connor <laughs> decided that uh, it was time to lock me down, put a ring on it. We incorporated, and there we go. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. I want to know, what was the idea? Like, why did you decide to start the company? What was, like, the ah uh, moment of it all? <laughs> yeah, great question. I actually, there was an aha moment. Yeah. Um, I was living in Sweden at the time. I was uh, studying my MBA over there, and everyone always asked me, where are you from? And I'd say, well, I'm from Canada. I'd say, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Where in Canada? And I'd say, Calgary. And like, that's fantastic. <laughs> Never heard of it. Never. <laughs> so I really wanted something that really represented Calgary, mm-hmm. and mainly a piece of clothing that I could wear and you know, talk about it and that kind of thing. And the only thing I could find was, you know, cartoon mooses in an RCMP uniform, an I Heart Calgary shirt, yeah. you know, a Banff National Park shirt. And it was just like, I think I can do something better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fashionista. I'm not a designer. I don't know the first thing about anything. But so I just did what any idiot millennial does. And I Google searched <laughs> how to make a t-shirt. <laughs> Literally how I solve every single problem I ever have. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. Right? Still to yeah. this day. And yeah. that's, well, that's the amazing thing. I mean, if you can think about it, there's, you can do it just all the world's information is at our fingertips. Yeah. But, of course, I didn't want to read. And I didn't <laughs> want to... I wanted just someone tell me what to do, so I watched a YouTube video. <laughs> and there was a step-by-step, 30-minute-long video of, like, how to set up a T-shirt company. Yeah. And so I just followed all those steps, and 24 hours, I had a T-shirt company. Did you incorporate right away? No. No. No, I... Um, 
because it was just, I was just trying it out. You know, I just threw 50 bucks at this thing and wanted to see if I could make it work, see if people were interested. I, I really wanted to set up the business in a risk adverse way because I've seen so many people start a t-shirt company where they have this amazing idea, go out, get incorporated, go buy 200 t- shirts right. and, you know. Have to sell them. Well, three months later, they can't give them away. They're yeah, stuck right. in their parents' basement. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want I wanted to build the business with no risk, no inventory, and really do it in a different way. And luckily, YouTube told me how to do that. <laughs> and it's actually really easy. <laughs> yes. So, Dustin and I always say that like any idiot can start a t-shirt company because <laughs> we're kind of living proof. It was It's really idiot proof. So that's kind of how... How it started. Then I moved back from Sweden. I was still, you know, selling a few shirts here and there. And then I met Dustin. And once Dustin came on board, it was really fuel on the fire. And that's when really things really took right. off. We Dustin kind of made us into a big boy company. I mean, having a partner always like makes you responsible for what is happening, right? So, yeah, yeah. Having so, a right yeah. partner too, I think, because I've had a few projects uh, with not the right partner with friends, and and it's just you, you clash, right? Yeah. But I think with Dustin, we're always trying to like, because we don't know each other, we're strangers. We're always trying to prove to one another, you know, <laughs> that we're that we should be here. Yeah. So yeah. we're always trying to like it. outwork the other, you know, just yeah, right. Which is good, and it keeps us accountable. She motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you started this from Sweden mm-hmm. for like your own personal, like I want to be representative of where I'm from. When was it? Right from that point that the ten percent of giving back to your community came in. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I knew right away that it had to be had to have a social piece. You can't be making community-based clothing and stuff that represents where you come from without giving back somehow. And so, right from the very get-go, back then it was a, a dollar from every shirt. Then, you know, as we went on, we moved it to ten percent, and it was always about charities that our customers actually helped choose. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to hitch our wagon to one specific cause, one specific charity. Mm-hmm. We wanted to always be rotating the charities charities and bring awareness to a lot of the causes out there that might not otherwise people might not uh, otherwise have heard of mm-hmm. right so and, and the ones that matter most to our customers so every time you go and buy something online there's a little text form filled box that you get a nominated local charity and usually what we do at the end of the month sometimes it's the charities with the most votes other times it's charities that we're working with the, the most camp like we have a campaign on or whatever and, you know, we always take into account which local charities matter most to our customers. Great. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's an absolute essential part to the business. And it's, it's... So how many charities have you worked with so far? Oh, I don't know. We've lost count. Yeah. Really? It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's like every other month. Yeah. All Calgary-based? Some Calgary-based. A lot of um, uh, nationally-based ones. Yeah. You know, last year we had a Giving to program where every Made in Canada toque that we sold... We donated toque to a homeless organization across Canada. Yeah. So last year we donated 550 toques to toques, uh, to shelters in Calgary, Ottawa, and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Now, right now we're in the middle. We just wrapped up a towel drive to bring awareness for the need of new and used towels to homeless organizations. With the mustard seed specifically? or Not specifically, okay. but we'll, it's, the mustard seed had a big call to action. They said we need towels. People yeah. are drying off like little hand towels. People were taking socks, putting them on their hands and drying. And it's just like... When was the last time you got out of a towel, a shower without a towel? It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. It's a sense of dignity uh, in, in giving a towel. So we didn't. We wanted to stuff these shelters with towels. So we worked with a lot of other small businesses. We called it the small Calgary Small Business Towel Drive to really bring awareness that all shelters 
need new and used towels. So now we just reached our goal. We bought 2,000 new, brand new towels, plus hundreds of used towels, and we're going to donate them to, I think, eight different shelters. Wow. Um, in partnership with a lot of other small businesses in Calgary. So it's always rotating, and, you know, we, we donate to, you know, we donate monthly to different charities. We do volunteer work with different charities. Probably the most important thing and biggest thing we do is we're always bringing awareness to charities. Mm-hmm. We always have charities doing guest blogs on our website. We do you know photo shoots and content creation for charities. We create custom gear for charities because mm-hmm. we want to be the thought leader that just because you're a small business and you can't be writing $1,000 checks all the time doesn't right. mean you can't have an impact right. on giving totally. back to the community. And sometimes... Help doesn't just mean monetary help. No, right? exactly. Yeah, sometimes yeah. bringing and creating awareness around a cause or a campaign or a charity can have just as much, if not more, impact than hmm. um, a big fat check. Hmm. Totally. So that's what we're kind of, that's the long, long story. That's, that, the community is everything. We want to be the world's best company in building community, and, and that means a whole a lot of different things, but the charity is definitely a, a, a pillar mm-hmm. right. of that. I think community is so important right now because the world is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger with like social right. media and the internet, and it's so easy to look outside of where you're from or outside of like your direct Right. Um, who you have a direct impact on a day to day that community building is like ever so more important to like make you feel like a person absolutely we're so much more disconnected these days like it's funny because technology has made us more connected but as people and individuals and, and even as communities we're so far disconnected because you know you've got a thousand followers on Instagram but how many of those can you actually call and be like hey like what are you doing tonight do you actually want to do something like, right. it's, it's a very small number and so we just feel like the the internet is just taking those communities away and disenfranchising it and so the more that we can kind of come in and, and help to build community and be a part of that i mean that's that's super important to what we're doing right and in like what feels like a really really extremely genuine and impactful way yeah right and, and, it, and it has to be if you're just doing it for marketing if you're just doing it to sell shirts like people see that right away totally and people can can see that in authenticity and that not when you're not being genuine so it has to come from a genuine So you started on your own, Mm -hmm. brought Dustin in. How many people work for the company now? I'm full time. Dustin's part time. We have two other part time people as well. Wow, so there's four of you now. And you guys have been started since what was the exact date? April 2015. Wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. So when you moved back to Canada, when did you move back to Calgary? June 2015. Oh, okay. So you started it <laughs> real close to moving back. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I have a question. So you guys are officially becoming all manufactured in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between produced and manufactured? Ooh, good question. Okay. <laughs> I so know, but I, it's, some people may. It's a bit of a challenge right now because there's a lot of people that will claim to be made in Canada. There's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of claims out there. And, and in the past, it's been you know, a little messy. Someone will make their goods in, in China or offshores, and then they'll, they'll essentially have it fully made and come here, and they'll slap a label on it. Mm-hmm. And then to them, that means made in Canada. Um, for us, you know, we sort of struggled with this for a while. We always felt like it was the right move to be made in Canada, but... Because we were a community brand and we were about representing the community, we almost felt guilty for charging $80 for a crew neck because we just felt like that was kind of, that wasn't accessible for a lot of people in the community. Right. So we sort of felt like that that price point would uh, alienate a lot of those people. Um, but 
you know, we, we sort of, we had a few conversations and I think one of them was, you know, I'd, I'd consider him almost a mentor. We met with uh, a guy that mm-hmm. owns, you know, a co-working spaces in Calgary and Edmonton. And it was just one of those conversations where it was basically like, like, what are you guys doing? Get your shit together. You guys need to be made in Canada. And so we kind of left the conversation. We're like, yep, nope, he's completely right. Like, we need to, <laughs> it's like a we need to make a change. It was. And, and I think we needed it, right? It, it's, it's part of our brand value. We're about building community. We're about being local. It's in our name. We're about giving back to the community. And we have got five pillars of, of how we build community. Um, and that was, that was kind of the completing one. So for us, made in Canada means that although the raw material doesn't originate from Canada, um, we don't have much of a cotton growing right. industry here. Just given it's just our like climate. India, China, US. Yeah. yeah. So for us, those raw materials, we either come from China, they'll come from India, or they'll come from North Carolina. Um, they're imported into Canada, and then the whole step of actually creating the garment, though, is uh, is Canada. So uh, it's milled, it's dyed, it's cut, it's sewn. Every part of that manufacturing process is in Canada. And then uh, the manufacturer is the one who creates the garment, and then we also work with a production company that will take the garment, they will print, they will put our neck tags on it, our hem tags, customize it all, mm-hmm. and they will pack ship and store everything for us mm-hmm. um, and then the fulfillment side of things it'll be shipped out from that same warehouse so we've really worked on streamlining everything right uh, and we use toronto as kind of our, our backyard to do that so our manufacturers here our production teams here and then fulfillment as well do you find it easier to work with like a bigger center like toronto for shipping and distributing and no not not really um because most of our clients are in, most of our customers are in Alberta. Mm-hmm. But the problem is this is the textile hub of Canada, mm-hmm. right? In Alberta, there's, a lot of tech, the, there's not a lot of textile manufacturing. Most of the textile manufacturing that already is there is what's called heavy textile, right? So they're making personal protection equipment, PPE for like oh. up north, oh, making fire resistant, okay. fire resistant um, clothing, really heavy duty stuff. And their machinery is not built for you know, lighter textile manufacturing, like T-shirts and sweaters. So that all the infrastructure is here, right? So, yeah, it's just, it just makes sense for, for, to make it all here. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the plan, like the first step is, is to get all, all of our goods made in Canada and really get the community and consumers' heads wrapped around the idea of supporting Canadian clothes, you know, checking the labels of where your stuff is made, buying better quality stuff, buying less. Mm-hmm. And then what we really want to work on is that last piece of sourcing that raw materials. You know, so we have a few partners, um, a few people we're in the talks with. Of they're growing their own hemp. You know, we want to, we want to look down, down and see if we can, you know, make make sweaters out of hemp that's grown in our backyard and mm-hmm. truly call like everything is absolutely 100 percent produced here in Canada. Mm-hmm. We want to look at you know organic cotton, right? Bamboo, recycled cotton, recycled polyester, that kind of stuff. So it's that's like the future. That's like what we want to work towards. Right. <laughs> but right now, it's getting people uh, used to the idea of supporting me in Canada, and it's more expensive, right? Yep. It's we're so used as consumers to that race to the bottom. How much can I get for as little as possible? Totally. You know, I need a new white T-shirt. Let's go buy ten at H and M for eight bucks. Mm-hmm. When you only need one good quality forty fifty dollar T-shirt that'll last just as long as those 10 other ones. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had a designer on and she talked about that same thing of like getting away from this idea of fast fashion. Yeah. Right? 
And it's hard because we're all to blame for it. Yeah. I mean, we're all... Totally. We all go on Amazon and get things delivered right to our door. We're all yeah. looking for those Black Friday deals. Yeah. You yeah. know, I want... I do want 10 pairs of socks for $2. <laughs> I do know that. You know? Right? Because yeah. that, that, yeah. that feels like a win. That feels... It makes us feel good. It makes us feel like we're saving bucks. And then, you know, you're sour two days later. You got holy socks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing in your socks to make them holy in two days. I, I slide across the living floor. Um, but it's, it's, it's important, you know, because you, and you look at, I, I'm fascinated by, I've been getting a little bit more into to, to the denim world. You know, Toronto, I think at one point was producing more denim than, um, than like California. It used to be like a massive denim hub. Interesting. Why? And Do you know why? Do you know what? Do you like, know why it was producing so much denim? It, they were just so good, and there was a big demand for it. And then, you know, now there's only like one denim, or there's there's very few like actual denim manufacturers here in 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 Canada, huh. and that's just gone overseas now. Right. Right. And everything because we want it cheaper. We you know we don't right. care about quality. We'll buy more. We care about quantity over quality. Everything's just easier to make in China. Right. Comes with a couple holes in it. It's, it's not going to last long. Who cares? We'll just go buy a new one. Right. Whereas, like, back in the day, our grandparents, they used to buy jeans, and they had those jeans for life. You know, you get a <laughs> hole in them, you got the little... You fixed it. You yeah. fixed it. <laughs> Straight right? up, I have vintage Levi's, and they're my favorite pair of jeans. Oh, yeah. And they've been, like, around probably since, I mean, the 50s. Like, Well, they were just made so well. So yeah. much better. Yeah. They're great. They don't get, like, the holes or, like, the bleachy spots on the knee where, like, you bend all the time. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> and now we want to really talk about, like, People should be investing in clothes. You don't, we're not telling you, throw out your whole closet, go made in Canada overnight. But if you, even if people were just to buy one made in Canada piece of clothing a year, it doesn't matter if it's us, doesn't matter what it is, one piece of made in Canada clothing a year, it would go a very long way. And you make investments in your clothing. Right. And you buy, instead of having five different pairs of jeans, buy one really nice pair of jeans that goes with everything. Mm-hmm. Right? That's stuff that you can mix and match and that's going to last you five to ten years. Right. right. So that we carry around a, a soapbox, and anytime someone comes <laughs> yeah. in Canada, we just get on our little soapbox and start shouting about the importance of Were it. Were you but, shouting next to the preachers in Young and Dundas Square today? Oh, no. <laughs> I wish. Almost. We'll go there after this. But um, it's, it's, it, we're part of the problem as well. I mean, we've only been down this journey the past six, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was how cheap can we make shirts? Mm-hmm. How cheap can we get, you know, our hoodies done? And, yeah. and, and how much can we sell them for? And then, so it's not like we've always been like this, but it's just we've kind of educated ourselves and, and done a bit right. of the homework. And, and made in Canada is going to be a lot harder. There's a lot of things that we can't do. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, customer wanted bomber jackets. And I'd love to make bomber jackets. I mean, they're so cool. But... We go to our supplier like we need made in Canada bomber jackets. And they just started laughing at us. What oh. What is it from the bomber jacket that they can't get made in Canada? It's just no one no one makes bomber jackets here in Canada. Yeah, oh. so I mean we could make them, but the 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 cost to do that, the minimum quantity required, because mm. the time and effort to actually set set everything up to make the bomber jacket itself would be quite extensive. I mean you're looking at like a couple hundred dollars for a bomber jacket, right. or at least a hundred dollars cost wise. Um, because there's no there's no one doing that as a standard that's not their their right. standard uh line item so it is it is a lot more complicated because you know we don't have that 
that same quantity. Mm-hmm. And another one of the things we're, we're running into is just the whole Made in Canada piece. It's it's starting to pick up more and more. It's starting to become a little bit more popular. Um, I think we're, we're sort of seeing the trend from the U.S. filter into Canada a little bit because they're very Made in America proud. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's starting to hit Canada, but it's also putting a bit of a challenge on the whole industry because the the factories in Canada and the workers that they're not set up yeah. for this demand and they're they're kind of having a trouble keeping up you know both both our manufacturer and our production company yesterday said that they're turning away customers because they just they can't fulfill the demand that they're seeing um, and it comes down to labor too because right. I don't know about you guys but I haven't met a lot of people that when you ask them when they want to grow up they want to be a seamstress or mm-hmm. you know someone, right. someone working in a sewing factory uh, that type of labor just isn't something that that most people aspire to be so even from a labor sp- perspective we're starting to see shortages in uh, in the production side so it, it's kind of like a, a catch-22 right where there's there's a really big demand for having this um, but the whole industry itself is, is sort of not really prepared for that demand so it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting journey uh, when we first made the switch, I, like I really wasn't sure what it would be like, right? It's been really well received, and I'm happy. But our prices went up by 20% overnight. Uh, right. So I was almost saying, you know, we're almost a case study in the making to see what happens when a company goes from to being what it is in, in made in Canada. So it's officially everything's made in Canada officially. We stopped production of anything outside of Canada in May. May of this. Cold year. turkey, like. Cold turkey. Yeah. That's great. Turn off the tap. Really shot ourselves in the foot. It was not a good yeah, decision. It, it was, it was not. It was an awkward transition. Why? It was a good decision, but we didn't we didn't do it right. We didn't we, plan well yeah. enough. We just we had that conversation. We're kinda of kicking ourselves. We're like, no, we're absolutely right, we need to be. So we made a plan, but what we didn't completely do was we didn't have every one of our pieces. Uh, supply chain ready so we knew we could get t-shirts crewnecks all those other pieces but hats um, like these these hats are they're awesome they're they're completely custom um, but they're made in China and so mm-hmm. we hadn't locked down our, our hat supplier and we figured you know we'll, we'll find one it's no problem like we'll be out of these hats we ordered a pretty significant quantity mm-hmm. we'll be out of them in a couple months and by then we'll figure it out um, but we didn't so by the time we'd run out of our, our classic YYC hats we had no supplier figured out, uh, oh. didn't even have samples ready to, to put into production. And so, yeah, we got um, we got a bit of flack from a lot of our retailers, which we should have. Um, but, yeah, that was something that, that shot us <laughs> in the foot a little bit. Did so, you lose any retailers at all from that? Um, no. No. I don't think so. No. The only one that we thought we would lose actually came back, and um, I think that's actually a stronger partnership now. So. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you maintain relationships with retailers when that kind of stuff goes wrong or when you can't? Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of whether you're a retailer or your lawyer or whatever, it's honesty and transparency. Right. A lot of our retailers, you know, um, are some of my best friends. Like, like <laughs> oh, there's, there's a lot of retailers that I'll just kidding. go out, <laughs> honestly, and I'll just go hang out at their shop and like do work there. Right. And I'll just be forward and upfront. I'm like, listen, we dropped the ball. You know, um, we're not going to be able to do this or, Mm -hmm. and a lot of our retailers, they're really great that we can go and get immediate feedback. Hey, this is what we're thinking of coming out. Like, what do you think? What do you like? Do you like this? Like that? Do you think your customers will like it? And they're kind of, a lot of our retailers, we just have like, um, we're each other's like therapists. We just go in and I just complain about all the things that are going (laughs) wrong and they'll sit and they'll complain about all the things that are going wrong. As he lays across the couch. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, and we're just like a support system for each other. Right. But we have a very strong relationship with the majority of our retailers, and you just got to let them know um, this is coming down the pipeline, this is what we're working on. And um, a lot of them is stuck with us through through thick and thin, so they're it's great. They're everything. Was it a challenge finding people to sell the shirts in the stores, or like was it a challenge finding retailers, or not at all? No, it's crazy. <laughs> people it's, just want to sell it. It's everything that's ever anything that's everything that's ever been good to us has happened through Instagram. Oh, great. people just retailers just started reaching out to us. Yeah, wow. we love your stuff. Can we carry it? Yeah. Yeah, we we've, we've been so lucky. Like I, I think it's a combination of of what we've built of the values of the company. Um, you know, we're all about celebrating local. So I think YYC for us, because there was nothing there, it was, it was an untapped market. Mm-hmm. People really appreciated it. Uh, we're about giving back to community. So there's a charity component, um, and we're all about helping to build the community. And I think the made in Canada piece will now further that, but all of our retailer relationships, even the large ones like the sporting life and below the belt, have all come from from them reaching out to us. We've ne- we've we've hardly done any outbound sales. Everything has been people reaching out and contacting us, uh, which is really cool. And for a clothing company, that's that's sort of unheard of, right? Because right. normally you make the goods, and then you go out there and you try and find as many people as you can who are going to sell it. Um, but for us. It was really just kind of all about how can we set this company up, um, and we did it in a bit of a strategic way, and that we wanted to, uh, we wanted to put systems in place that, so that we could scale. And so for Connor and I, really all we focus on is the finances, the product, and the marketing. Our production is taken care of, our manufacturer is taken care of, our fulfillment is taken care of. So the whole production side of our business is is in someone else's hands, and you know, right. that's a trusted partner. They take care of it all, so we can really focus on product marketing and really delivering on the brand execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that process of doing that has really um, allowed us to focus more on the Instagram and the social and getting our message out there. And in return, uh, some of the big retailers and big brands want to support that cause and that mission that we're doing. And I think it's also a little bit timely, right? I think the fashion industry is still under a little bit of, uh, a little bit of criticism, one for fast fashion uh, very unsustainable in some practices, and I think a lot of the big box chains are getting a little bit of pressure to start to carry some of these more progressive brands. And mm-hmm. I right. feel we we sort of fall into that category, and I think that's another reason why we're we're sort of a choice for some of these retailers to to be carrying. I know we're in talks with Hudson's Bay about potentially being in some of their downtown stores. Wow, that's great! Uh, in Vancouver and Calgary, and I believe Edmonton. It's been really cool in the sense that, you know, we've been able to be a brand that's helping them appease their customers and um, their sort of ecosystem to 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 fill that need to be a little bit more progressive. Right. So how do you guys the dynamic between you two seems pretty good. Has there any has there ever been any like disagreements and how do you deal with those? You know, we, we haven't, and I think I think there's a number of reasons for that. I'll, I'll give mine. So I think, <laughs> number one, um, I think w- one of the rules we've had from the very beginning is check your ego at the door. So it's never been about me. It's never been about Connor. It's been about local laundry and building the brand and putting the community first. Really, it's, it's about building community. So I think having that mission for the company has been one thing that's always 
it's always bigger than ourselves. So um, I think it's important for companies to have those brand values and to have something that they stand for because that will always be before your own personal needs. Um, so that's been one thing. I think the other thing too that was positive is, is Connor and I have, uh, we're, we're so fortunate to have been you know essentially set up on a blind date and then came together to start this company not knowing each other. We, we were really fortunate because we had uh, completely, we're, we're very much similar in certain ways, but we're very much different. So we have very much complementary uh, skills in that Connor takes care of certain things, I take care of certain things. And I'll, I'll give you sort of a concrete example. Um, I, I was always about you know efficiency, getting things done. Obviously, I'm the oper- operations and finance side of the business. Uh, and Connor is you know, that front-facing, telling the story, getting the brand <laughs> out there, talking to customers. And we would have meetings, and Connor would start the meeting, and he would just be chatting away. Like, oh, what school did you go to? Oh, where are your parents from? Oh, how long did you... And he'd be, I'd be checking my watch. And I'm like, it's, it's 20 minutes. Like, can we start this meeting? And for the longest time, I just never got it. But... I think it finally clicked, and I've I've learned a, a ton from Connor. But one of the things is always uh, Connor does a very good job at building relationships. And you ask the question about how do your retailers take it? Well, you know they're they're partners in our business. It's, right. It's not a it's not a transaction. And there's some people in business that for us there we're a transaction to them, and that's completely fine, right? That's that's how they run their business. But for us, it's always about building relationships and developing those relationships. So, for our lawyer, last time we were in Toronto, we went for a run with our lawyer. This time, we went for dinner and drinks, and we really have a strong relationship with him. Um, and really, it's about building those relationships. So that's something that, you know, early on it was a struggle for me because I just <laughs> never understood. But slowly over time, I got to see that, you know, this person, oh, wow, like they're not going to drop us because we majorly screwed up because they actually have a relationship with us yeah. and they actually care about us. So, yeah, again, long-winded answer. But I think, yeah, there's a number of ways that we work together well and, and we've, been, we've been really fortunate. I know a lot of people that they start a company, they look for a co-founder, and they'll look for, you know, in a year and a half until they find the right type of person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 that, and it's also you have to have the same vision, the same mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked with a lot of people that I've gone along great. We were best friends, but we both had different ideas for what we want to do with mm-hmm. the project, right. you know. And I think you can be as different as you want. You can have totally opposite personalities as long as you still have the same vision, and that's kind of what why Dustin and I worked really well. Is, is we have the exact same vision for what we want to do, you know, for what we want local honor to do, what we want to do personally, what we want to do with our families. Mm-hmm. And so even if we come to a disagreement and it's like, I want to do this, you want to do that, we take a step back and like, what's going to get us to that right. vision? What's going to get us to that next step? Right. And it's not about, well, we're going with my idea, your idea sucks, or <laughs> we're going with, you know, I hate your idea. It's about what's the what's the best idea and what's the best option doesn't matter who came up with it but going back to uh like we're we're always our philosophy is is we're we're a company that builds community right we we use t-shirts to do that but our our core mission is to build community so when you have that in your company i think it's it's so important because every decision it's not about is my idea better is connor ideas better or is he making more sense or am i making more sense it's it's not you or me, it's this. We're building community. Is this decision in the best interest of building community? So that's, I think, what kind of helps because we have that sort of 
North Star to compare our our uh, disagreements to. It's something outside of yourself. It's something bigger, so it's not quite as attached or precious. Yeah, Yeah. And I I think that's really important. That's one thing that Connor and I did from the start is we kind of talked about, well, what do we want to get out of this? Uh, What do you want to accomplish, and what are you interested in in doing? And and we were both, you know, on the same page. It was about we wanted to learn. We wanted to start a small e-commerce company. Didn't want to carry inventory. And it's changed completely since that, Uh, but we've always always checked in. We've had a couple conversations just on this trip about... What is, it, what is the next six months, 12 months, 24 months, five years look like? Are you happy? Is this going in the direction you want it to? Are we still on the same page? Uh, and having those constant check-ins always helps because it's not, you know, we're not divided. We're not going down a path we don't want to. Like it's constantly checking in and making sure that we're both on the same page. Mm-hmm. Communication and transparency. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, and not being afraid of, you know, I think I think most people are afraid to like put themselves out there. Most people are mm-hmm. afraid to to be vulnerable and like this is how I'm feeling. This is what I think. This is what I've done. And, and really put, you know, I think I think you two can appreciate it more than most people. You know, especially with your you know medium, which is which is dance, right? And mm-hmm. expression through through dance. You're putting yourself out there, right? And sometimes sometimes when you put yourself out there, you look like an idiot, right? And not being afraid of. Uh, looking like an idiot. If I don't know the question, if we're in a very important meeting with whoever, like the top guys, I'll ask the dumbest questions in the world just because I don't know and I, I need to know. Right. So I'm not afraid to look like the biggest dumb dumb, mm-hmm. you know, in order to, to fully understand what's going on. You know, I'd rather look like an idiot and know what's going on than pretend to know what's going on right mm-hmm. you know and make a horrible decision right so, can you tell when one of you doesn't know what's happening <laughs> like do, you two can tell between each other yeah I think I had it a little more because I was always of the mindset of if I didn't know I'd be like okay I'm not gonna ask I'm not gonna look stupid <laughs> then Connor just be like yeah what, what does MOQ mean and I was like oh Connor you idiot we're stupid <laughs> but, you know people understand and and that's one thing you know we found is we're not afraid anymore to be like, look, any idiot can start a t-shirt company because we are living proof. Like we were two idiots who, still to this day, have no business owning a t-shirt company. We we just we just learned yesterday the different, like in depth, what the different types of fabric for t-shirts were. You know, before that we were just printing oh, 50-50. cool. Those are just numbers. Now we actually know what it means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's not being afraid to look stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like Dustin said, just just putting yourself out there and 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 being vulnerable. But um, yeah, there's often times where Dustin's trying to explain something to me, and I'm like, Dust, Dustin, <laughs> explain to me as if I was a five year old. It's like, like such a Michael Scott thing. Oh, yeah, Damn it, that's yeah, where that's like where I got it from. Three year old. Yeah, <laughs> mommy and daddy give you ten dollars to start a lemonade stand. <laughs> You know, gotcha, and uh, but I, I I think it's important because uh, like a lot when you have your own business like people think that they're they're the greatest thing in the world their egos get so big right. and you know I've I've had it happen to me I, some some days I think I'm the the greatest thing that's ever happened to business you know <laughs> and then you know the next the next day I'm like I'm the biggest idiot why did I do this <laughs> you know and I think it's you have to keep yourself in check and and. And asking dumb questions is yeah is a great way to do that. I, I as I was coming to Toronto, you know, I was spent the last few days in like Perth, Ontario, a little small town, Ontario, and I'm like, man, like, 
girl, I'm from Calgary. I'm from the big city. I have my own business. <laughs> like I am like, I've made it. I'm it. And then I get off the train in Toronto and there's so many people and things are moving and I'm like, <laughs> immediately I, lost. Yeah. Like immediately <laughs> checked yourself. Like I am no one. Yeah. The city will do that to you. Yeah. yeah. And it's, but it's good, you know, and, and, and that's really like the life of owning your own business. It's a roller coaster. Right. One day you're the highest of high and nothing can beat you. You feel way better than everyone else. You're just on top of the world. And one little thing can set you off. Mm-hmm. One little, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be like a customer just like, hey, my sweater didn't really fit that well. And it just everything rocks you yeah. yeah and you're like why did i start this business like everything is so bad everything is the worst like, yeah the company's so stupid <laughs> and, and, and but then the next day something great happens yeah, yeah. like oh nice shirt <laughs> and you're right back up top yeah so high highs and low lows yeah it's awesome i wouldn't have it any other way i agree yeah. Oh, but I was thinking, isn't it the coolest feeling when you make something and then other people reach out to you and to say they're, like, interested in what you're doing? When you were talking about vendors and retailers reaching out to you, it's like... The coolest. Yeah. It's the greatest feeling in the world. It's hard because, like, our wives are not entrepreneurial at all. And I remember when when we got the email in from the Sporting Life, Connor was in Dublin because he was running the marathon. I was in Italy. I was on my honeymoon. And I saw the email, got so excited. <laughs> I remember being in bed with my wife because it was really early in the morning. And I just, I snuck out, grabbed my laptop, went to the, went to the restaurant, started like writing down quantities, getting it all figured out, messaging Connor, just so excited. But like, it's things like that, that yeah. those are the drives highs, you. right? And, yeah. Uh, we call out in the wild. So anytime we see someone wearing our shirt, it's out in the wild. Um, <laughs> that's always really cool. And I think the coolest is when we see it in unexpected places. We're, we're pretty used to seeing it in Calgary, but you know, if we're in the airport, we see someone with a Canada piece or in Toronto. Uh, my brother told me a story of when he traveled for a year, he in Mount Everest is he's an adventure mountain climber. He's been climbed every mountain in Alberta, I swear, but he Everest is his like his pinnacle. So he did a trip to Everest and he went to base camp. Wow. Um, didn't do the thing, but he went to base camp, which is really cool. And he was wearing local laundry hacks. I made him one before he left. And someone walks up to him and goes, hey, are you guys from Calgary? And they're like, yeah, are, yeah. are you? Like, how did you guys know that? He's like, yeah, I noticed your local laundry hat. I love that hat. Like, I got a shirt in my bag. And like, that's cool. So cool. Of all places in the world, Mount Everest Base Camp. Right. That's like immediate connection. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. Really, you know, they start immediate chatting and they get along. And like, and yeah, yeah. They're totally. both part of the same community. Um, and so that, like, that for me, that was one of the coolest moments of having the company was when someone from Mount Everest Base Camp can recognize someone else because of our hat. And right. immediately they establish that sense of community amongst one another. Yeah. Those are the cool parts. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, the, the best part is, is it's been a vehicle to meet other crazy maniacs, you know, like yourselves. <laughs> and, you know, and just to get meet these amazing people that are equally as passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, that are excited about life, that are not, you know, you know, get depressed on a Monday because they got to go back to their work that mm-hmm. they hate. You mm-hmm. know, that, that, that have this, like, joie de vivre, right? Yeah. It's, it's, we love passion. Like, nothing it, drives me more crazy when people are just... Just angry into what, about whatever their it jobs. is, yeah. Yeah. whatever the thing is, yeah. and it's yeah. great, and that's why yeah. you know we're so thankful to, to to have gotten in trouble with you guys and and worked with you and met with you because you know it's it's it was one of those moments for us when there was a reach out. <laughs> I was like screenshotted it and sent it to Rainy. I was like, cool, cool, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those moments for us too, so it was great. Oh, yeah. that's so yeah. cool that we could be a part of that. You yeah. know, that yeah, we can, that can make you feel like that. 
<laughs> because uh, yeah, we, we, we still think, you know, anytime anyone wants to work with in any fashion, we just get so excited. Yeah. We're, we're still you know. so amazed too. You want to work with us? We're, <laughs> yeah. we're still those same two idiots that started this t-shirt company three years ago. So and yeah, when people want to work with us, we're like, cool. Like, you know, we're actually doing something here. Yeah. It's fun. It's great. I think that's yeah. a great way to wrap yeah. it up. Yeah. I gotta run. Yes. Sweet. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having, having us. us. Great.